0: And go in your Bible, please, to the Gospel of John, chapter 1 of the Gospel of John, and we're going to begin reading at verse 19. I want to begin this evening a new series of teaching as we prepare for Resurrection Sunday and the Passover season. I want to begin a series of teachings on the subject, the Lamb of God. Vamos a esta noche ir a Juan, el Evangelio según San Juan, el capítulo uno, verso 19 en adelante. Y esta noche comenzamos un estudio nuevo uh, en nuestro enfoque así a la Pascua y a la celebración de la resurrección de nuestro Señor. Vamos a estar estudiando este precioso tema del de Cordero de Dios. The Lamb of God, the reason that Christ came to the earth was to be the sacrifice for sinners, to be the sacrificial lamb. La razón por la venida de nuestro Señor Jesucristo a la tierra fue para que Él fuese el Cordero de Sacrificio. And this topic of the Lamb of God really is as wide and as vast as the Bible itself. Este tema sobre el Cordero de Dios es un tema tan ancho y tan vasto como toda la palabra del Señor. Eh, we, we are introduced to the Lamb of God in the book of Genesis. Se nos introduce al, al Cordero de Dios en el libro de Génesis y lo vemos hasta el libro de Apocalipsis. We see him all the way to the book of Revelation. In Genesis he's presented in a cloud, a shadow of types. Uh, and Génesis se muestra como en una nube, en una sombra, los tipos del Cordero de Dios. By the time we get to Revelation, he is the Lamb who has been slain and who has received all of the glory uh, and is glorified by all of the hosts of heaven. Cuando lo vemos en Apocalipsis, él es el cordero inmolado, el cual ha sido glorificado y es glorificado por todas las huéspedes del cielo. Of course, you know who I'm talking about, right? You know who I'm talking about. When I say the Lamb of God, do you know who I'm talking about. Cuando yo digo el cordero de Dios, ustedes saben de quién yo hablo. If you know what I'm talking about, uh, let's let's hear. Who am I talking about? Who is the Lamb of God? Jesus Jesus is the Lamb of God. Do you ever get tired of talking about Jesus? Cristo es el Cordero de Dios. Y cuantos se cansan de hablar de Cristo. You never get tired of talking about Jesus, nor can you ever exhaust the subject of the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verse 19. This is the testimony of John. This is talking about John the Baptist. When the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you, so that we may give an answer to those who send us? And what do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. And they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing? If you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet. And John answered them, saying, I baptize in water. But among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him. And said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, after him, after me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. And John testified saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. And I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom ye shall see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him. This is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day John was baptizing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this powerful, inspired book called the Bible. We thank you for the living Word of God. I thank you for the privilege of preaching and teaching the Word and I ask you to anoint my lips of clay tonight to preach the word, to teach the word with uh, accuracy, and that you would give me the anointing to speak those words which which you uh, desire for every single heart. I ask you, God, that the people here, those gathered online, would receive the word taught and that they would rise up in faith to meet that word and to put it into practice in their life. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Behold the Lamb of God. This is the testimony of John the Baptist. He aquí el Cordero de Dios. Este es el testimonio de Juan el Bautista. Now, tonight we're going to begin by dissecting these three paragraphs which I have read to you. Esta noche vamos a comenzar haciendo una un estudio minucioso de estos tres uh, estas tres oraciones que yo he leído porque contienen uh, a la vez una porción muy importante de la historia de, de nuestro Señor. They have on one end a very important part of the story of Jesus and his natural or his uh, human uh, life. But on the other hand, these three paragraphs contain some important truths or doctrines about Jesus that we ought not to miss out on. Uh, 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 también estos, estas oraciones que hemos leído tienen algunos principios, unas verdades muy importantes para que usted y yo entendamos la doctrina de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. First of all, uh, let us understand that between the book of Malachi, the end of the Old Testament, and the book of Matthew, the beginning of the New Testament, there is a period of time. ...approximately 400 years, in which God did not inspire any writing of Scripture. And in fact, God did not speak through a prophetic voice during that time. Entre el libro de Malaquías, que es el fin del Antiguo Testamento, y el libro de San Mateo, el principio del Nuevo Testamento, existen 400 años de historia en lo cual Dios no inspiró la escritura de ningún libro, ni dio ni una palabra profética durante ese tiempo. The last promise of the Bible uh, in the Old Testament was that one would come who would proclaim or prepare the way for the Messiah, Messiah. La última promesa del Antiguo Testamento es que uno vendría... ...en el espíritu del profeta Elías... ...y que este vendría para preparar el camino para el Mesías. So 400 years go by with this sense of waiting. Cuatrocientos años pasan con esta espera. La espera del Mesías. They're awaiting the Messiah. And really, prior to him was the promise... ...that a forerunner would come... Antes de él estaba la profecía que uno vendría antes de él para preparar el camino. This forerunner would have the spirit of Elijah. Este vendría con el espíritu de Elías. Well, that day was fulfilled at the birth of John the Baptist. Ese día se cumplió en el nacimiento de Juan el Bautista. You remember that John was born... Uh, to a father and a mother who were advanced in their age, in their years. Juan fue nacido a un padre y una madre, avanzados en edad. His father was a priest in, in the temple, and he received an angelic visitation when he entered into the holy place. Su padre era un sacerdote en el templo, el cual recibió una, un mensaje angelical. And the angel said to Zachariah, John the Baptist's father, "You are you are about to conceive a son, and he is going to be the forerunner of the Messiah." El ángel le dijo a Zacarías: "Vas a tener un hijo. Él va a ser el que han esperado para preparar el camino del Mesías." And so, John the Baptist uh, is literally born a few months. Before Jesus. Juan el Bautista. Nace unos meses. Antes de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. He is also a cousin. Of the Lord Jesus. También él es uh, pariente. Un primo. De nuestro Señor Jesucristo. Because you remember that Mary and Elizabeth. Were cousins. Elizabeth being the mother of John the Baptist. María uh, y, y Elizabeth eran primas. Entonces Uh, Juan el Bautista y Jesucristo son primos. And John the Baptist is born a few months before Jesus. And when he comes into adulthood, he hears the call of God to go out into the wilderness and to begin to preach and proclaim the coming kingdom of God and to baptize all of those who would come into repentance. A la a edad adulta, cuando Juan llega a una edad adulta, él siente el llamado de Dios de salir al desierto uh, o al, al río Jordán para proclamar la, la realidad que se aproxima al reino de Dios y a bautizar a todos aquellos quienes uh, vinieron a, a, a Dios en arrepentimiento. So John the Baptist, it becomes the first prophetic voice to be heard in Israel for 400 years. Entonces, Juan el Bautista es la primer voz profética que se oye en Israel por estos 400 años. He comes to break the silence. Él viene a quebrantar el silencio. And his message is repent and prepare. Su mensaje es arrepiéntete, Y prepárate. Now it is ironic, uh, I think, ultimately that uh, John the Baptist is preaching this message because uh, of the fact that he himself fell into the same problem that the nation of Israel would fall into. Uh, es interesante que Juan el Bautista es el predicador de este mensaje y a la vez él cae en, la misma, en el mismo error why did John come preaching preparation and repentance? Porque es que Juan predicó preparación y arrepentimiento because his message was intended to get people's hearts ready for the coming of Jesus, so that when he came, people would recognize that he was the Messiah. Su mensaje, su propósito. Era de que al, al arrepentirse, al prepararse, el pueblo pudiera entender que Cristo era el Mesías. The people that uh, uh, responded to God's call to repentance and preparation were therefore able to receive the ministry of Jesus. And those who uh, did not uh, would be among those who would be unable to recognize Christ. But I say ironically, because twice here, John says, I did not recognize him. Dos veces, dice aquí Juan, yo no lo reconocí. We read it in verse 31, and we read it in verse 33. Lo vemos ahí en el verso 31 y en el verso uh, 33. You see... This is one of the truths we have to pick up on as we study this text. Esa es una de las verdades que tenemos que entender y estudiar al estudiar esta porción de la Escritura. That it is possible to be related to the gospel and not recognize it. It is possible even to be a part of God's program and not recognize it. Es posible que uno puede ser parte del programa de Dios y no entenderlo. That's why, church, you and I must live in a constant state of preparation and repentance. Es por eso que usted y yo debemos vivir en un lugar de arrepentimiento y preparación. A time where we're 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 coming before God to say Lord don't let me miss out on anything you are doing in my day. Una una iglesia que vive siempre dependiente de lo que Dios está haciendo en sus días. You know what uh we think most often is if God does something I'll I'll recognize it. Obviously. I'm a child of God. I go to church. I attend Bible study. I have Bible verses on my wall. And do you know that you could be just that close to the things of God and completely miss the work of God? Because it's not about the external. It's not about uh, your eyes or your ears. It's about your spirit being connected and in tune with the voice and the spirit of God. Say amen, somebody. You and I need to live in a constant place of connection to God. Es posible que una persona esté bien bien rodeada de las cosas de Dios y no entender las las cosas que Dios está hablando o los momentos, las formas en las cuales Dios está obrando. You remember in the book of Samuel, the high priest Eli, a a man of God, a, a man of great experience, and yet God couldn't talk to him. Uh, En el libro de Samuel vemos a Elías, quien era un hombre de gran uh, influencia espiritual, un hombre de Dios. Sin embargo, Dios no podía hablarle a él. And so God spoke to a little boy named Samuel. Entonces Dios le habló a un niño llamado Samuel. And, And that little boy was able to hear that voice. Ese niño pudo oír la voz del Señor. John tells us here twice, I didn't recognize him. Juan dice aquel dos veces, no lo entendí, no lo reconocí. The same thing happened to the patriarch Jacob. Lo mismo ocurre con Jacob, el patriarca. The Bible says that he uh, he took a, a rock and made it his pillow, tomó una roca y la hizo una almohada, he fell asleep. And then he had a vision of heaven. Luego tuvo una visión del cielo. And he saw a ladder, a stairway coming down out of heaven. And the Son of Man standing above it. Él vio una escalera que tocaba desde el, uh, la tierra al cielo. Y el Hijo de Dios parado encima de esa escalera. Y cuando él despertó, ¿qué dijo? What did he say when he woke up? He said, the Lord, surely the Lord was in this place. But I never knew it. Dijo ciertamente el Señor estuvo en este lugar y yo no lo entendí. Pastor, what are you uh what are you communicating to me tonight? Here's what I'm communicating tonight to you and to everyone listening. That God is at work in our time. That God is at work in our day. And you and I need to be in a place to hear and to recognize what God is doing in our day. Dios está obrando en nuestros tiempos. Y usted y yo tenemos que estar alerta al hecho de lo que Dios está haciendo en nuestros tiempos. And uh, you and I can be like John if we're not careful. And say, I didn't recognize him. I didn't see God at work. But if you and I are sensitive to the voice of the Spirit that indwells us by the power of God's uh, conversion in our heart, you and I have access to the information about what God is doing in our day. Usted y yo por el poder del Espíritu que mora dentro de nosotros, tenemos acceso a entender lo que Dios está haciendo en nuestros días. So let me just encourage you with a couple of things. Number 1, don't talk down your season. Número 1, no despidas la época en la cual estás viviendo. God has a plan for every season in your life. Dios tiene algo para cada etapa de tu vida. And so if you go around saying, I can't wait for this season to be over, guess what? You are missing it. Yeah. Si usted dice, yo no puedo esperar hasta que esto pase. Yo ya quiero entrar a otra etapa. Eh, usted sin duda está uh, le está faltando algo. No está entendiendo, no está reconociendo lo que Dios está haciendo. And the second thing is that you need to talk to God about your season. Lo segundo es, habla con Dios sobre la etapa donde estás. Listen to what John says here. He says in verse 31, he says, I did not recognize him. But so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. John testified saying, I have seen the spirit descending as a dove out of heaven and he remained upon him. Again, I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me. Now John is telling us that although he didn't understand, he talked to God. He talked to the Father. He spoke to the one who had called him. Juan aquí nos dice, aunque no entendí y no reconocía lo que Dios estaba haciendo, entonces yo... Le pedí a Dios, hablé con Dios. He says, the the one who sent me to baptize said to me. He said, and this is what the, the father told John. He said, uh, he upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining upon him. This is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Le dice uh, el Señor a Juan el Bautista. El, el que tú veas que una paloma desciende sobre de él y se quede... Este es el cual tú has venido a proclamar. Now, I'm guessing uh, that when John heard that, he had no idea what God was talking about. The one on whom you see the dove descend and remain, he's the one. What in the world does that mean? What dove? Sin duda, Juan no entiende lo que Se le está diciendo, pero él está teniendo una conversación con Dios. He's having a conversation with God. And whereas he may not understand the details of what God is saying, the fact that the channel of communication is open has put him in a position to be able to receive from God. Aunque él no entienda específicamente lo que Dios está diciendo, el canal de comunicación está abierto para que él pueda reconocer el momento de Dios. And so, when you're going through a season you don't understand, you've got to talk to God about it. Usted tiene que hablar con Dios. And, and, and God gives him a specific sign... And you remember, because you're a student of the Bible, so you know more than John the Baptist knows at that moment. Uh, And you know that when Jesus came to be baptized by John, that when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came down like a dove and came upon Christ. Usted sabe que cuando Jesús fue bautizado en agua, cuando él salió del agua, el Espíritu Santo descendió sobre él como una paloma. He habitó sobre él. The, the, the dove remained upon him. When John saw that, he realized, whoa, this is exactly what God the Father was talking about. Cuando Juan ve eso, él entiende, oh, esto es lo que Dios me estaba diciendo. Have you ever had an aha moment where you realized, oh. That's what God was saying. That's what God was showing me. That's what God was preparing me for. Aren't you glad for those aha moments when you see God put all the pieces of the puzzle together and then you can just step back and say, look what the Lord has done. Come on, somebody. You ought to be encouraged tonight that God knows exactly what he's doing and sooner or later you're going to have your breath taken away when you see God do what he said he would do even when you didn't understand what he was saying. Say amen somebody. This is such a precious thing to be able to experience those moments of light given to us by the voice of God. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. And another they will not follow. And so John, by having this dialogue with the Almighty, is given the information necessary to understand the season he's in. I'll give you one more. And that is number three, that you can be related and still miss it. The season you're in, God's purpose, God's plan, is missable if you don't recognize it by the Spirit. John the Baptist, and perhaps more importantly, is that because he was related, he missed it. He's his cousin. Nobody expects their cousin to be the Son of God, right? Come on, let's be honest here. you have any cousins you would sign up to be the son of God? Nadie va a pensar que su primo va a ser el hijo de Dios. And so because he's common to John, because he's related to John, he underestimates what God can do through him. Porque él es relacionado a Cristo, uh, uh, a Juan. Porque él es pariente de Juan, es primo de Juan. Él subestima el valor del Señor Jesucristo. That's what number three is about is don't underestimate the vessel God wants to use. Because you can be related and miss it just by underestimating the fact that God can do something through things that you didn't think God could use. Come on, has, has God ever surprised you? Has God ever used a vessel you thought no one would use? ¿Cuántas veces Dios nos ha sorprendido usando una un vaso que usted y yo pensamos a ese jamás Dios lo va a usar? But you see, God loves to take the underestimated and He loves to surprise the world with what He does. Dios, a Dios le encanta tomar lo subestimado y levantarlo para que la gloria sea de Él. Come on, God is in the glory business. And that's why God takes underestimated vessels and He exalts them so that the glory belongs to Him. So that the praise belongs to Him. And so that you and I have to stop and say, look what the Lord has done. Esto es para que usted y yo podamos darle la gloria a Dios y decir, mira lo que ha hecho Dios. People miss... People underestimated Jesus over and over and over again they're still doing it la gente subestimó a Cristo vez y aun hoy lo hacen and everyone who underestimates Jesus does it to their own regret Todo el que subestima a Cristo lo hace a su propio uh, uh, a a su propio daño. Porque el entender el valor de Cristo to understand the value of Jesus is to have access to the keys that open doors that man cannot open. El entender a Cristo es tener la el acceso a las llaves que abren puertas cerradas. Come on somebody. Jesus will open the doors that no man can open he will make ways where no man can make a way he will bring answers where no man has solutions don't ever underestimate the power of Jesus no subestime el valor de Cristo John was related and he missed it because he underestimated the value of God's chosen vessel Now, there's a couple ways you and I need to look at that tonight. First of all, is that you might be the the vessel and you underestimate God's ability to use you. Quizá usted es el vaso y usted subestima su propio valor. ¿Qué podrá Dios hacer conmigo? What they say about Jesus, can anything good Come out of Nazareth. they are really they're saying, you know, there's no prophecies out there about Nazareth. What good could come out of there? ¿Qué another could come out of there? Isn't this the carpenter's son? In otro lugar, in Lucas 4 dicen, ¿No es este el hijo del carpintero cual hemos visto todo uh, su crecimiento? This, isn't this the carpenter's son whom we saw grow up? What are they saying? First of all, they're saying carpenters can't do great things. And then they're saying that a carpenter's son sure, sure enough can't amount to anything and anybody we saw grow up can't possibly be that great. Now you might be saying those things about yourself, about your own calling, about your own ministry. Can anything good come out of Beeville? Can can God use a plumber's kid? Can God use a preacher's kid? Can God use a teacher's son? Can God use the child of a janitor? Don't underestimate the vessel God has chosen. That's one way you need to look at it. The other way is that the vessel God may have chosen in your life right now might be this season. And Because we don't like the vessel, we might miss out on the fruit of the season. So we have to be tuned in to say, God, talk to me about my season. Talk to me about my life, my usefulness. Everybody say that out loud, Lord, talk to me. Are the channels open? Is the communication line open? Está abierto el canal de comunicación? John the Baptist would have missed this if he hadn't talked to God. Juan hubiera perdido la oportunidad si él no hubiera hablado con Dios. But because he talked to God, he was able to get over the underestimation that he had made about Jesus and by the time he realized who Jesus was which is the next part of our study tonight he's bragging about him like there's no one like him in the whole world come on somebody nothing changed about Jesus Jesus was the man before John knew who he was and Jesus was the man after John knew who he was nothing changed about Jesus Come on, somebody, the vessel was the same when God called him, when God sent him, when God chose him. The only thing that had to change was John's perspective. And maybe that's what God is working on in your heart right now, in your life right now, is the perspective that you've adopted about certain problems, about certain situations. He's saying, I don't need to change the problem. Come on, Lord, if you'll just change the problem. If you get rid of this problem in my life, then I can move on. He said, I don't need to change the problem. I'm not worried about changing the problem. I'm worried about changing you. I've got to change you. I've got to give you clearer vision. I've got to give you a higher perspective. I've got to bring you to this higher ground. I've got to make you a spiritual man, a spiritual woman. Come on, somebody. God is working on you. God is working on me. Come on. Is there anybody here tonight that can say, Yeah, I know. God's been working on me. He's been doing some stuff in my life lately. Come on, somebody. Why? Because the problem is not the problem. The perspective is the problem. And when you get the right perspective, when you get the right insight, when you get the right information, you can face any problem and recognize that there's an answer in it en Cuando Juan entiende que en Cristo es, él comienza a hablar de él en palabras altas y grandes. Y eso eso no es que Cristo cambió. Cristo era digno antes y era digno después que Juan lo reconociera. Lo que cambió fue la perspectiva de Juan. Y a veces lo que usted y yo vemos en en, en lo que Dios quiere hacer en nuestra vida es que Él no quiere sacarnos del problema, no no quiere sacar el desafío, no quiere cambiar la circunstancia, quiere cambiarnos a nosotros. Nuestra perspectiva, nuestra visión, nuestro vocabulario y a medida que eso cambia y crece, entonces el problema ya no se ve tanto como problema a medida que Él va formando nuestra perspectiva y nuestra visión para entender los caminos del Señor. Now let's look at what John understood about Jesus. And these are important things as we study the Lamb of God. There's a a, a few things I want to mention tonight. First of all, verse 23. When John was asked... By the elders of, of, of Israel. Who are you? Who are you? Now remember I've been teaching you. On a series of confessions. I am. Right? I am strong. I am blessed. I am able. I am ready. Sooner or later. Life or someone in your life. Is going to ask you. Who are you? And they asked John, Are you the Messiah? Are you the Christ? He said, No. He knew who he was and he knew who he was not. Le preguntan a Juan los ancianos de Israel, ¿Quién eres? Y tarde que temprano, algo o alguien te va a preguntar a ti, ¿Quién eres? Es por eso que hemos estado estudiando los, las confesiones. Yo soy fuerte. Yo soy bendecido. Yo soy hábil. Yo estoy listo. ¿Por qué? Porque es necesario que el cristiano entienda quién es. It is essential for the believer to know who they are. You remember when David faced Goliath? ¿Se recuerda cuando cuando David se confrontó con Goliath? Goliath asked the who are you question. And he said... Basically, what do you think I am? That you're coming against me with sticks. He's he's reducing David. Está reduciendo goleada a David cuando él le pregunta, ¿Quién crees que yo soy? Para venir contra mí con palos. David understood who David was. David entendió quién él era. He understood that he had just a few weeks ago been anointed by the oil of the anointing to be king of Israel. Él entendía que hace unas semanas él había sido ungido con el aceite de unción santa para ser el rey de Israel. And so what does he answer the giant? And he said, look buddy, today I am going to take off your head. That's who I am. Este día te voy a quitar la cabeza. Eso es lo que yo soy. Yo soy el vencedor. Soy el ungido de Jehová. Come on somebody, you've got to know who you are, usted tiene que saber quien es, y le preguntan a Juan, es usted el Cristo, y el dice no, yo no soy el Cristo, el sabe quien es, y el sabe quien no es, they said, well are you Elijah, he said no I'm not Elijah, eres Elias, no, no soy Elias, then who are you, quien eres, And he says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Dice aquí, yo soy la voz en el desierto declarando, he aquí, el cordero, he aquí, uh, prepara el camino del Señor. He's quoting Isaiah, Uh, él ahí está uh, citando al libro de Isaías. He's saying, I am the fulfillment of prophecy. I am the forerunner of the Lord. I am the forerunner of the Messiah. Él está diciendo, yo soy el cumplimiento de la profecía. Soy el uh, el antecedente de el Mesías, el que viene a preparar el camino. Do you know who you are? Sabe usted quién usted es? So that when the enemy comes to try to tell you that you're an orphan, that there's no one who's going to help you, that there's no provision for you, that you're going to go broke, that you can say, wait a minute, I am a child of God. Do you know who you are? So that when the enemy brings sickness and disease against your body and your mind, that you can say, wait a minute, I am the healed of the Lord. Do you know who you are so that when the enemy comes to put depression and discouragement on you, you say, wait a minute, I am whole because I am a child of God. Come on, you and I need to know who we are just as John knows so that we can know who we are and who we're not. Tenemos que entender quienes somos y quienes no somos. And now we understand these things about Jesus. What is John saying right here in verse 30 verse 23 about Jesus? ¿Qué está diciendo Juan aquí en el verso 23 sobre Cristo? He's saying that Jesus is Lord. Dice Jesús es Señor. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of Yahweh. Make straight the name, the way of the Lord. John understands, I'm preparing a way for Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is Yahweh. Jesus is Lord. Él entiende que Él está preparando el camino para Jesucristo. ¿Quién es Jesucristo? Él es el Señor. You see how Lord is spelled there, L-O-R-D, all caps, in your English Bible. Ahí vemos uh, la palabra Señor. Esa palabra en el, en el original es la palabra Yahweh o Jehovah. That word there in all caps, L-O-R-D, Lord, in the original language is the word or the name of God. The high name of God. Yahweh or Jehovah as we pronounce it the best we can in English. Who was Jehovah? Who is Yahweh? is Jehovah. This is the creator of the world. The name literally means, or the the verb means to be. El nombre uh, literalmente es aquel que es. El creador que nunca fue creado. The creator who was not created. He's saying that Jesus is the God who is. Cristo es el Dios quien es. Listen, Jesus is God. Yes, is. Jesucristo es Dios. He's not a God. Say that somebody. He is God. Él no es un Dios. Él es Dios. The cults uh, have erroneously twisted the Bible to say that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was a God. Las uh, sectas han erroneamente torcido la escritura para que lea que en el principio era el verbo y el verbo era un Dios. That's not what the scriptures say. The scriptures say that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was God. Jesus is God. Jesucristo es Dios. John comes to this reality. He is the one that Moses met with in the burning bush. Él viene a esta realidad. Jesucristo es aquel con el cual Moisés tuvo un encuentro en la zarza ardiendo. And Moses said to the Lord, who will I tell the Israel the elders of Israel that sent me? And he said, tell them, I am has sent you. Yeah. Cuando Moisés le pregunta a Jehová, ¿Quién diré yo a los ancianos de Israel que me envió? Jehová le dice, diles que yo soy te ha enviado. And what is God revealing about himself? ¿Qué es lo que Dios está revelando de sí mismo? That he has no maker. Que no tiene hacedor. He has no beginning and he has no end. Él no tiene principio y no tiene fin. That means that he was God before the world was and he'll be God after the world is made anew. Él es Dios antes que el mundo fuere. Y será Dios después que el mundo fuere. Come on, I don't care what problem you face in your life. You just put it in a God sandwich and understand that he was God before the problem. He's God in the middle of the problem and he'll be God after the problem. Come on somebody. There is nobody before him. No hay nadie antes de él. ¿Cuál sea su problema? No más ponga el problema ahí en medio de esos dos puntos. Dios era antes, Dios es después. No hay nada fuera de él. There is nothing outside of him. And what are we to understand? Jesus is this God who is eternal. No beginning, no end. That's why kids get a little confused, right? They sing, happy birthday, Jesus. Well, Jesus, the man had a birthday, but the Son of God has no birthdays. He has always been. And he will always be. El Hijo de Dios, su, su humanidad nació en Belén, pero su persona, el Hijo de Dios ha existido por siempre. Y existirá para siempre. What a revelation that John has. He says, I have been called to make straight the way of the Lord. Juan tiene esta revelación y hoy he sido llamado para hacer el camino, para preparar el camino del Señor. Kingsway Church, you and I have no less a calling, Iglesia Kingsway, usted y yo no tenemos menos llamado, what have we been called to do, we are called to preach Jesus Christ as Lord, nuestro llamado es predicar a Cristo como Señor, Jesus is the message of Kingsway Church, Cristo es el mensaje de la Iglesia Kingsway. We don't point men to Kingsway. We don't point men to Pastor Isaac. We point men to Jesus because Jesus is Lord. Apuntamos al mundo, a nuestra comunidad, a Cristo. Porque Él es Señor. And what does it mean for Him to be Lord? It means He's in control. ¿Qué significa que Él sea Señor? Significa que Él está en control. Is Jesus Lord of your life? Is Cristo Señor de tu vida? Now there are two things everybody needs to do. A dos cosas todos tienen que hacer. First of all, you need to make Jesus Lord of your life by inviting him into your heart and receiving the forgiveness of sins which he offers. That's how he becomes Lord of your life. Cristo viene a ser Señor de tu vida cuando tú le das tu corazón a Él, le das tu vida a Él. Cuando te arrepientes de tu pecado, when you repent your sins and you come to Him and receive forgiveness of Him, He becomes the Lord of your life. The Bible says that if you will confess your sin to God and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, If you'll confess Jesus as Lord, I should say, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's what you have to do. First thing you need to do is confess Jesus as Lord. And believe that he died on the cross and that he rose from the dead for your sins. And a lot of people stumble at that. Because they want to jump through hoops. They want to jump through all of these hurdles to gain and win and earn their salvation. Salvation is received by faith alone. In Christ alone. The second thing you need to do is make Jesus Lord Practically in your life. By inviting him to lead you in the decisions that you make. Lo siguiente que usted y yo tenemos que hacer. Es hacer a Cristo Señor en nuestra vida. Prácticamente invitando su liderazgo en cada área de nuestra vida. And let's get all that in. Inviting him to direct your life. To direct every area of your life. You see, there are a lot of Christians in which Jesus is the Lord of their heart, their soul, but He's not the Lord of their money. They're in control of their money. And He's not the Lord of their relationships. They're in control of those. And He's not the Lord of their time. They're in control of that. And He's not the Lord of how they Raise their children, and the fact is this: every area of your life where Jesus is not Lord, you are cutting out His blessing from that area of your life. God will only bless what He's Lord of. So, if you want Jesus to, if you want the blessing of God on your finances, He's got to be Lord in your finances. Say Amen, somebody. If you want, you want Him to be Lord, if you want His blessing on your marriage, guess what? He's got to be Lord in your marriage. You invite His direction in every area of your life. You apply His Word over every area of your life. That means we handle our relationships biblically. We handle our money biblically. We handle our time biblically. We do those things which He teaches in His Word. And when He does that, he becomes Lord in every area of our life, practically. Through our practical, daily walk with Him. There are people today who only know Christ enough to stay out of hell when they die. But they don't know Him on a daily basis and enjoy fellowship with Him. They haven't invited His Lordship Into their life. But you and I. When we do that. We not only invite his control. And that's why people struggle with that. They don't want his control. They don't want him telling. I don't want God telling me who to date. So I'm not going to ask him. I don't want God to tell me what college to go to. So I'm not going to ask him. I don't want God telling me how to spend my money so I'm not going to ask Him. And then they wonder, I wonder why my, my finances don't increase. I wonder why my health doesn't increase. I wonder why my relationships don't increase because you haven't invited God into that area of your life. But when you ask Him and you know He's going to say something, And you say, well, whatever he says, I'm going to do it. I may not like it initially, but I'm going to follow him. I'm going to obey him. You'll see his blessing flowing and flooding those areas of your life. He can't help bless what he's Lord of. Listen, every part of his dominion is blessed. And so tonight I want to encourage you to, to declare not only with your heart for the salvation of your soul the lordship of Jesus, but to invite the leadership and control of God into every area of your life. And when you notice an area of your life where things are out of place, where where you're not quite where you need to be, just stop yourself and say, Lord, come take over. Come take over my mouth before I say things I shouldn't say. Come be the Lord of my lips, my lips right now. Come on, don't you think the Holy Spirit will do that? Come on, have you seen the Holy Spirit do it? Have you seen Him show up right on time? You're about to sign that contract, you're about to buy that car, but you listen and you say, you know what, I need to take some time, I need to wait. And then you say, something told me. It wasn't something. It was the Holy Spirit. Come on, I've told you before. If you just listen to God, if you just invite His Lordship into into every area of your life, He'll save you time. He'll save you money. Come on, somebody. If you just listen to the Holy Spirit. Let's stand together tonight. Just lift your hands to heaven. Just declare His Lordship tonight. Vamos a levantar nuestras manos. Vamos a declarar el Señorío de Cristo. What are you worrying about tonight? What's troubling your heart? What did you forget to pray about? What did you forget to talk to Him about? Just bring it under His Lordship right now. Just say, Lord, I need Your direction. I need Your wisdom here. You are Lord. You're Lord of the storm. Come on, that that's God's word for you right now. I am the Lord of the storm. He reigns above it. He reigns above the clouds. He reigns above the lightning and the thunder. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord of Kingsway Church. We move when you say move. We wait when you say wait. Wait. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.